Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 54 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Paul Hunter. Paul is from Nashville, Tennessee, where he is in food sales. Welcome, Paul. Thank you very much for having me, Jen. I'm excited. Well, I'm really glad to have you here. So as you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting? How long ago was that? You know, just a little bit of your, your backstory here. It's kind of a long story, but I'll try to make it a little shorter. First of all, before I jump into that, let me say thank you, Jen, for what you're doing. You really are changing lives and making a difference for people's health. You're making an impact uh, probably broader than you imagined when you started well, that's definitely true because <laughs> I had no idea I was going to be making any kind of impact when I started and it's just grown. And and thank you so much for telling me that because, you know, some days it's it's a lot and it's it can be hard, but 
you know, I love what I'm doing. And um, our Facebook community has gotten to over a quarter of a million members. Wow. I always tell, I have two daughters and I've always told my daughters this quote. I read a book several years back, Wild at Heart by John Eldridge, one of the greatest books I've ever read. And there's a quote in there. He said when he was trying to make a decision about a, a big thing in his life, he felt like God just put this quote in a book for him. And, it, and the quote was, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So I always tell my daughters, whatever's going to make you come alive, go do that. You know, that's what God wants you to do. And and I feel like I know you had a, a career as a teacher, but I almost feel like now th- this is another thing that makes you come alive. And that's why you're you're reaching so many people, because people can feel your sincerity and your passion about this. So not to go too far down that rabbit trail, but I just wanted to say thank you for you've made a difference in my life. Well, thank you. And I do think that this is just a continuation of my teaching career. I'm just teaching something different. Right. And part of being a a teacher is helping people discover what's inside themselves already. That's really what teaching is. It's not like downloading facts into people's heads. And so I think intermittent fasting is the same way because it's a very personal process, just like learning. Absolutely. So back to your question, how did I get into it? So I have yo-yoed up and down with my weight my whole life. At one point, I was the little fat kid who I knew I was fat, and I was ashamed of that. In high school, early high school, I I lost some weight. I gained some muscle. I started working with my dad and my uncle cutting wood. I went through puberty, and I I changed a little bit. And when when I went through those periods where I didn't feel as fat, I felt so much better about myself. Um... And then in high school, I wrestled. And so when you wrestle in high school, uh, you learn to cut weight for matches and things like that. So I sort of started learning how to manipulate my weight. And I I use the word manipulate on purpose because it it wasn't like a long-term plan. It was like, okay, I need to cut 10 pounds to get in that weight class. And as soon as the event was over, I just went back to gaining weight. In my 20s, I started gaining weight. I got married. I had kids. In my 30s, I started gaining more weight. And so I would go up and down, up 30 pounds, down 30 pounds. I started running at one point back in 2000, and I, I became obsessed. I was running 45 miles a week, running 13 miles every Saturday, and I lost a lot of weight, and eventually the weight came back on. So it would be, it got to where it would be up 40 and down 30. Oh, yeah. You're yo-yoing slightly higher every time, right? I think that's a familiar a familiar thing that happened to most of us, right? We would go down and then higher than we had been. Exactly. So in late 2017, I started looking at the fact that I was going to turn 50. I just turned 50 in April of this year. So I started looking at that a couple years out, and I said, you know, I'm going to be 50. And I was 227 pounds. I'm only 5'7". So at 5'7", 227, was, I was just too fat. I would always fool myself because I could still, I could take off and go run three or four miles, or I could do as many push-ups as anybody, and I could still do pull-ups, you know. So there was, in my mind, I was saying, well, it's not that bad because, you know, I'm still, I'm still fit, right? I'm just carrying a little extra weight. And so as I started really thinking about turning 50, I I just said, I can't deny this anymore. I am way too far overweight. I've got to do something about this. So I came up with 
fittest by 50. And that was so every day I wrote it on my to-do list. I wanted to be my fittest when I turned 50 years old. I mean, that really became my focus. And so one of the things, the first thing I did was I cleaned up my eating a little bit. I cut out a lot of the the carbs and the breads and sugars and cleaned up my eating a little bit. But as you know, those changes usually help you only temporarily. So in March of 2018, I started doing this workout called Go Ruck. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have not. There are local Go Ruck clubs all around the nation. And, and what it is, um, the guy who started it was former military and he got out of the military active duty and he wanted to do something to bridge the military community with the civilian community in a workout. And so they take these military style backpacks and you put weight in it and you go on long hikes. And then two nights a week, we would do PT, physical uh, training. So we would do push-ups, pull-ups, burpees, squats, just all kinds of crazy stuff. It was a great workout, but I tell you all that to tell you, doing that, I met a guy named Ryan. I don't even know Ryan's last name. He doesn't have social media, so I don't know if he'll ever get to hear this, but but thank you, Ryan, (laughs) because... Ryan was like, he was like a gladiator. Okay. So, (laughs) so he had kind of long blonde hair and a big woolly beard, but he was so fit. I mean, he, we would do these crazy PT things and he was so strong and so fit and he could just go forever. And so I asked him, maybe one of the first times we worked out together, I said, man, I said, where, where do you get all this energy? And you act like you could do this forever. And he says, well, I do intermittent fasting. And I mean, that literally was the first I had really ever even heard of intermittent fasting. And honestly, it sounded a little gimmicky to me, like eh, fasting, I don't know about it. But it intrigued me enough because I looked at this guy and I'm like, whatever he's doing, it's got to be working, right? So I started doing some research and I started reading and I would Google and I would, I would watch some YouTube stuff. And somewhere in that process... I decided that I was going to do a 16-8. I don't know how I landed on that. I don't remember if that's what Ryan told me he did. Uh, but he, he just would talk about after our workout, he was going to eat a whole large pizza by himself. you know. And, and, I, and, I, <laughs> and I thought, well, how do you eat that much and stay fit? Yeah. And he also had all that endurance during the workout, right? Like he probably was like... He could go forever. Yeah. So I started, I did some research. And at this point, I had not come up on your your podcast or your book or anything yet uh, but I started doing 168 but I got to confess it was not clean fasting I'm not surprised to hear it because I think a lot of people start that way including me <laughs> as people know my story yeah right I was very emphatic about sticking to my window but during my fasting window I would have diet drinks and you know I, I know now that I shouldn't have done that Yeah, me too. I did. You know, I did too. And it was because I didn't know better. I didn't realize. Right. But the weight just started falling off. I mean, it was the easiest thing. I I started losing weight. But here's the thing, Jen. It wasn't just the weight loss. I literally could feel in the afternoons, one or two o'clock, I was so aware and focused when I was working on the computer on a project for a customer, I felt so much more alert. Like it's, I know you know what I'm talking about. People who have never done it, it may sound weird to them, but I just, 
I felt like I was hyper-focused on whatever I needed to work on. The best way I know how to say it, the clarity was something that I, I really recognized. And so anyway, that's how I got started. And stop me if I talk too much. I get kind oh, of excited. Oh, no, that's what this. this is all about. You are here to talk. And this was March of 2018 when you first started? Correct. Yep. This was March of 2018. So uh, again, at that time, I was 227 pounds. I really needed to lose some weight. So I sort of developed goals for this fittest by 50. And, and I thought my goal started out to be 187 pounds. Okay. So I thought, you know, that's 40 pounds lost. I want to get down to 187. I had no idea that several months into this, I would realize that was not a good goal. I needed to go lower. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, you actually realized 187 was bigger than, than you should be. Yep. And the reason I chose 187, it had been in the last 20 something years, I had not been in the 180s except one time. So I thought, boy, if I could just get in the 180s and stay there, you know, I would feel so good. And also it was a nice round number. It was 40 pounds, right? That probably helped too. Because when I started, I was 210 and I pulled a goal out of the air of 75 pounds down. That seemed like, you know, it's a nice round number. Well, it's not round, it's a five, but you know what I mean? (laughs) 75. And it was, you know, would, would have put me at 135. And I'm like, that seems like a good number. But just like you, when I got there, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not quite done. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I started in July of last year, I started training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. As much as I loved the GORUCK workouts, um, once I got a taste of Jiu-Jitsu, that was it. That's all I wanted to do. I love it, love it, love it. Uh, it takes me back to my high school wrestling days, but it's it's a martial art that is just, it's incredible. So I started training and I was training a lot. And I realized, again, another benefit of intermittent fasting is I had so much energy and I, and I would be rolling is what we call it, sparring with people literally half my age, even 19, 25 year olds, whatever. And I had energy. And, and sometimes they would even say like, man, how old are you? You know, it, <laughs> you know we, we've been going for 30 minutes and you're still going strong, you know. So the energy was something that was, it's, it's real. I mean, the energy you get when you do intermittent fasting. I love it. And, you know, I'm 52, you, 50 also, not 52, but 50 also. You know that we're the same age, right? We're both 1969 born. But every time somebody says, well, you know, of course it's hard. I'm in my 40s and we're, I'm like, uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> Don't tell me that. We're not supposed to be old and slow and it's hard and expect, no. So I, I'm right there with you on that. Exactly. And you know what I've heard the first, so I've been training in jujitsu a little over a year and, and for the first, at least the first six months, everybody like, man, you you can't train five or six days a week at your age. And I just kept doing it. And my coach, who's an incredible athlete and he was an NCAA athlete and everything, but he's like, Paul, you just listen to your body. He's like, if you can do it, do it. If it starts to be too much, your body will let you know. So everybody was like, you can't train five or six days a week in jujitsu at your age. Well, I'm doing it. And and I really, honestly, I can tell you without any doubt, one of the reasons I'm able to do it is because intermittent fasting, it's a whole different level of fit and healthy because of all the things intermittent fasting does for you. 
It really is. You know, you can't discount the effect of the human growth hormone um, boost that fasting gives us because the period of our lives when we have the most human growth hormone is in our youth when we are growing. But, you know, the levels go down as we age, but intermittent fasting boosts those levels again. And so that's, I think, where a lot of the, the youthfulness comes in. Yes, I agree. So in my constant like thirst for more knowledge about intermittent fasting, I stumbled across your podcast uh, with Melanie, and I listened to a lot of those. And it's kind of funny because when I first heard you, I'm like, wait a minute, here's a person who sounds kind of like me. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm born and raised in the South, and, and, and all my people sound Southern. And I thought, okay, she sounds like me. I like her, you know. <laughs> but I found your podcast, the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast, and I've literally listened to every single episode, some of them more than once. It gave me the motivation to really stay serious about it. It answered a lot of questions that would come up, you know, in my mind about it. In one year, I lost 54 pounds and I changed my goal weight to 167. And the reason I did that, kind of funny, I guess, I wrestled at 167 in high school. That was the top of my weight class. They're all different now, but my weight class was 167 and under. So I started thinking, can I really get there? Can I hit my high school weight class? Can that be my goal? And I did it. In one year, I lost 54 pounds, which, by the way, is it's actually 60 pounds from my heaviest because at, at one point I was 227 pounds. But in one year, I went from 221 to 167. I did that almost all the way with a 16.8. I love that. Just to hit on one thing, you're back to your high school weight. I think I'm probably, I mean, I don't weigh, I haven't weighed since 2018 at this point. It's been hmm, June. It's probably been 16 months since I've weighed, but I estimate I'm right at my high school weight as well, just from the size that I am. And I, I heard somewhere that that really is probably a good natural weight for a lot of us. Right. And, and isn't it incredible that, that you can do that? And, and there are literally millions of people who try everything in the world just to get back close to that, and they can't, and they fail over and over and over. I was one of those people. I, you and I both, we were struggling. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, you know, I, I read your book, Delay, Don't Deny. I'm currently reading Dr. Jason Fong's book, The Obesity Code. And it's just amazing. It's almost like, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll get into this later. But it's almost like you just want to go shout to everybody and say, listen, there's a solution. You, you don't have to keep struggling. There's a solution and it works. I promise you, you know, but I mean, you can't go around just beating everybody over the head with it. But I feel like I might do that, though. <laughs> point of my life. Although I did manage to not, not tell anybody. I just flew on the airplane up to New York and back earlier in the week. And I didn't tell anybody on the airplane about intermittent fasting. I'm like, look, I'm not telling everybody. <laughs> Although I did want to stand up and, and tell them, but I didn't. So it, I know what you mean. So I got, I got a little bit comfortable, I guess, when I got to 167. And when, when I compete in jujitsu, the weight class that I usually have that I'm in is 169 and under. And so I will ease up to around 173 or four. That's really a comfortable weight for me to walk around at every day now is once, you know, somewhere in the mid 170s. And I can very easily get under 169 for a competition. But I, I got a little bit lax, I guess. Um, 
you know, once I reached my goal weight, I literally would consume so many calories, you just couldn't believe it. And, and I was barely gaining any weight at all, you know, but I thought, I don't want this to get out of hand. Yeah, I think it's normal to to test it a little bit, you know, especially when you get to goal and you're like, all right, so what's maintenance look like? And then you, you know, you test it and then you have something that keeps you in check. It sounds like weighing keeps you in check. For me, it's, you know, my honesty pants. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I actually have some of those too. But so what I did is, well, let me back up a little bit. During that year, we went on a trip, a family trip to Disney World. Now, you probably know this. I, I know I've heard about your cruise. But in the past, when I went on a trip, there's just no telling how much weight I would gain. Okay. Because I just would eat like a madman. We went to Disney World for eight days. I came back two or three days later. I was exactly the weight that I, where I started it, because I didn't eat in the morning. I didn't have anything in my coffee or whatever. Sometime around lunch, whenever we ate, I would eat a very reasonable amount. I would eat dinner and that was it. I cut it off. And that, that was when I was still doing 16, eight. I have found that my satiety hormones are so much more in balance now that even if I tried, like I think back to a trip I took to Disney with my family and gosh, maybe it was 2009, something like that. I had just lost a bunch of weight with some kind of crash diet. So I was fairly on the the smaller side of things compared to when I was you know really overweight. But I remember we got the meal plan. We got the like, deluxe meal plan where you have like sit down meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, <laughs> because I was like, this is going to be all about the food. And I ate huge meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner while I was at Disney. By the end, I was miserable. But my body would not allow me to do that these days. If I tried, I'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> I just couldn't. You know, you start to feel so full. And I don't remember ever feeling like I might be uncomfortable before, but I would still eat. But now my body won't let me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'll come back to this, but, but eventually I switched to a 21-3. So during, while doing 21-3, we went to Hawaii this year. My youngest daughter graduated from high school and we took a trip to Hawaii. And a week in Hawaii, I didn't gain a pound. Wow. You did 21-3 the whole time? I did. Well, I will say this. There were probably days when I had a four or five hour window in Hawaii, but but it was still OMAD, you know, one mill of that. Um, and it changes everything because before I would have come back from Disney. Oh, man, I'm I'm up some and I would have struggled with that for a while. And then we go to Hawaii and I gain some more. And, I, you know, it's, it's just a constant battle. And with uh, intermittent fasting, you don't have to worry about those battles. You just stick to the plan and you can go on vacation and come back and you're not on the struggle bus, you know? Yeah. Exactly. You're not having to, you know, make up for it. You're like, well, I went on vacation. I guess I need to make up for that. No, you quit because on vacation, you listen to your body. Yeah, you ate more than you did at home because, of course, you did. You're on vacation, but you didn't eat and eat and eat to the point that you were miserable. Right. So eventually, what happened is when I felt like I was getting a little careless um, and gaining a few pounds back, I changed to 21.3. And I also, at this point, I had become a clean faster. So I wish I could go back and start all over. I wonder how much different it would be. Now, obviously, you can't do that. But Right. I, know, I wonder the same thing. 
if people listen to me and like people in my daily life that I tell about it, I don't want them to hear, well, Paul did dirty fast for a year and lost all this weight, so that's fine. Because when I switched to 21-3 clean fasting, it was it was so much easier, so much easier. So before, even though I did it, drinking those diet drinks, you know, obviously that causes an insulin reaction and your body gets hungry, right? You just put an artificial sweetener in and your body says, uh-oh, here, here comes something. I better create some insulin. You get an insulin spike and now you start to get hunger signals again and, and it makes it hard. When you do a clean fast, like Jen, I, I will eat, I close my window at night and I literally am not hungry at all until the next evening when it's time to open my window again. I don't, there's no struggle. I don't want food. I don't want a Diet Dr. Pepper, which is my favorite drink in the world. I I don't want it. And then when my window opens, I open it. I eat like a king. I enjoy my meals. I close my window and it, it is literally the easiest thing. So for anybody saying, well, this person or that person lost a lot of weight drinking diet drinks during their fast. I would tell you, if you just bite the bullet and do a clean fast, it's going to be so much easier, so much more effective. Yeah. And for me, you know, I talk about this in Delay, Don't Deny. And I was honest about my journey. And sometimes people will kind of throw that back at me. They're like, well, but you didn't fast clean. And you st-. I'm like, yes, but <laughs> recall that I also had started to regain weight. I regained eight pounds after losing and and getting to my initial goal and I had not stopped fasting, but I regained eight pounds because I'm like, well, that's just what happens. You lose the weight, then you regain it. And it wasn't until I read the obesity code and it all finally made sense about the insulin. And then I stopped with the gum that I was chewing nonstop and the stevia and my coffee and the the sweet, fruity herbal teas that I would use all afternoon. Those were all just things that I was using. Really, I kept having them because I was so hungry all the time. And I kept having those things because my body, I was using them as a crutch, basically. And as soon as I eliminated those things, it changed everything. I would have defended to the max that those things, quote, worked for me. And it was only after I gave them up for long enough that my body adjusted to life without them that I realized they did not work for me. And I just thought they did. I was lying to myself because I didn't know the difference. And once I understood the the clean fast, I mean, you have to let your body adjust to that. But ever since then, it's never been a struggle. I mean, yeah, there are days I'm hungrier. I might open my window earlier, but it's, it's not, you know, white knuckling it. And I've never had the, the weight gain issues again. Yep. I understand. So I, yeah. So since May, I've been doing 21-3 clean. Very rarely do I cheat. Sunday for a long time was my struggle. Um, I, I changed my window on Sundays so that after church, I can eat with the family. Right. Well, I think that's that's a, a valid thing to do. Right. I don't want to sit there on Sundays and like, yeah, I can't eat until tonight. And you know, I, it's it's Sunday afternoon. I eat I eat lunch with the family. And, and when I do, it, here's what's funny. So Sunday was my struggle because I would open my window early. I get back to the house and and um, nap. Did you need a nap? Well, I, I would have, but. In in the food business, I have a lot of orders that come in on Sunday for Monday delivery. So I'll usually sit down at my desk for a few hours on Sunday and make sure all the orders are in and take care of that or whatever. 
But then I, around the house, like I would, ah, you know, I'm going to go eat something. I'm going to, and I would start to, to think, well, you know what? I'll get back on track tomorrow. So Sunday would always end up being the day that I went off the rails and I would pay for it. Anytime I went outside my window, I would pay for it. Now I can splurge with calories, with desserts, whatever, and it, and I don't pay for it that much. But if I start going outside of my window, I pay for it. And I don't, I don't just mean, okay, I went outside my window, all of a sudden I gained weight. I mean, I go outside my window and then the next day I'm tempted to go outside my window or fasting's harder the next day. Exactly. Physically, think about what's happening physically. You're refilling those glycogen stores enough so that you're not deep in the fasted state the next day when you wake up. And so that's where that hunger comes in. Exactly. So now what I do is I shift my window on Sundays. After church, we go eat lunch. I eat a a good lunch. We come back to the house somewhere toward the end of my three-hour window. I'll eat a banana or two. I love bananas. Like bananas, literally maybe my favorite food on the planet. I could eat a hundred a day, but you know, I'll eat a few bananas and then boom, my window's closed. And so Sunday to Monday, I end up having anywhere from a 25 to sometimes 28 hour fast to get back on track. Here's what's amazing. There's no point in the week when I feel better than Monday afternoon. When I go 27 hours or so late Monday afternoon, I feel amazing. I feel so good. It's it's like my body resets. I eat Monday night with, with my wife, and we have one daughter home now. So we have my oldest daughter graduated from college, and she's back home living with us for a year while she's working on her master's degree. So it's the three of us because my youngest daughter – and we can talk more about this if you'd like, because my youngest daughter is at boot camp for the United States Marine Corps. Oh, wow. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by by Optimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on 
on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So so on Monday nights, when I eat with my wife and my oldest daughter, the meal tastes amazing because I'm 27 hours or so fasted. I feel the healthiest I feel at any point in the week because I've had that long fast. And it just it resets me and gets me on track. And the rest of the week is great. I bet you get full faster in that meal than, than other times too. Am I right? It, yeah, absolutely. Because that's what I find. If I fast longer because I'm really busy and I open my window later, if I've had more than a 24-hour fast, like like you're describing, it doesn't take as much to fill me up. Because I really think my body's like, no, we're good. We got the ketones. <laughs> That's kind of where I am now in my journey. It's it's 21-3. And actually, what it's turned into lately is more like a two-hour window. So I don't recommend this because I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. But for quite a while, during my window, Jen, I would eat three to 4,000 calories. If I gained anything, it would be a pound over weeks. Now, you, you tell me, or I mean, I have to speak from my own personal experience. Never before in my life could I have eaten 3,500 calories a day and not gained weight. We look to the science and we understand why. Our bodies, when they're working correctly, they want to maintain. We, we, our bodies don't want us to gain a lot of weight or lose a lot of weight. And so, you know, the the whole the idea is called homeostasis. We want to stay within a range. And so our bodies can ramp up our metabolic rate to deal with overfeeding. And that's exactly what we see happen. There have been, you know, some great overfeeding studies. And people always, well, generally, I'm not going to say always, people generally gain less weight than predicted mathematically if it was just a strict calories in, calories out, mathematical, based on, you know, your resting metabolic rate. People do not gain as much weight as expected because your metabolism bumps up. So you're fasting clean now, you know, all those hours of the day, your metabolism is in great shape. And then you eat a big meal and your body's like, here's a lot of food, let's burn it on up. And I bet you also probably your body temperature is probably up. You probably get hot after eating that much food. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I have a little bit warmer. Yep. Yep. That's your body ramping up. My wife teases me like during this process, we keep our house really cold and she likes to keep the house really cold. And and I would walk around sometimes with a jacket on and she would sort of joke around. She's like, you've lost all this weight and now you, you stay cold all the time. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we tend to get a little colder during the fast because our, from what I've, I've read, our bodies redirect blood flow away from our extremities as we're burning fat. But then you eat and then boom, your temperature goes back up. But what you were just talking about, the, the overfeeding studies, I, I've just been reading that in Dr. Jason Fung's book. Uh, very interesting. It really is interesting. And of course, if you're eating all day long, you know, people then could say, well, I was overeating for years and I just gained weight. But it's, it's different when you're eating. Your insulin is high, you're eating all day, and then your body's like, oh, help, we have to do something. And it starts shoving everything away. But if you're in a good metabolic state, overfeeding, you're likely to, I mean, yeah, you might gain weight if you eat too much. That's true. But it's going to be less than you would expect. Just like you ex explained, three to 4,000 calories a day on paper 
you should have been gaining weight. Yeah. And now I've tried recently to sort of back that off. And here's the other thing. Every diet out there is so restrictive. Okay. And if people are thinking about intermittent fasting, I wish they could see what I eat and to realize the freedom that you can have. I mean, like last night, for example, my wife didn't feel well and um, she was just going to like snack on something here, whatever. And so, and my, my daughter was uh, babysitting somewhere. So it was just me. So when my window opened, I ate a couple bananas and, uh, but then I went out, I had to go pick something up and I stopped at Waffle House and I had five eggs, five pieces of bacon, two sausage patties on my way back to the house. We have these twice dailies markets here and they have like a, a donut section where they get fresh donuts every day. And I had an apple fritter. The apple fritters are awesome. So if you if you look at what I ate, I mean, that's not restrictive. I had bacon, eggs, sausage, bananas. I had an apple fritter. One night this week, I had probably a pound of smoked brisket and had a, a piece of cheesecake for dessert. You know, so it's not restrictive. You, you can eat what you want, keep your calories to a reasonable level. And I have maintained my weight now for, I guess, six or seven months. And it has literally changed my life. Now, I'm going to tell you something that every time I heard this on one of your podcasts, I thought it was the silliest thing I'd ever heard. Well, I can't wait. What What is it? Okay. And, and my wife and everybody I tell this, they kind of roll their eyes and they're like, okay, whatever. I had heard several people say that their eye prescription for their glasses improved. And I thought that's the silliest thing I've ever heard, right? Well, I've worn glasses, contacts. I wear contacts, but I, I've had glasses for all my life, ever since I was in grade school. I don't even remember exactly what grade I got them. And my eye, eyesight's pretty bad, but I wear contacts. Well, my prescription has gotten a little bit worse and a little bit worse over the years. I went a couple months ago and had an eye exam to get new contacts, and my prescription got better. In one of my eyes, it went from 5.25 back to 4.75. And the doctor looked at the chart again, and he was like, it actually got better since last time. And I said, yeah, that's what I thought. And he was like, the astigmatism is not as bad as it was before, but your prescription's actually a little better. Now, I have a question. Did it get back to more like what it was when you were young? Well, it just got a step closer to that. So like years ago, maybe I wore, a, and I don't understand what it all means, but years ago, maybe I wore a, a 3.0 and then I went to a 3.5. And then, you know, as I got older, I went to a 4. Well, I ended up with, in, in my left eye, a 5.25. And this time it went back to a 4.75. So it clearly got better. Now, people can say, I flipped my lid, but I'm just telling you the facts. Somebody actually yesterday was was talking about this in, in the advanced group, the Facebook group, and an eye doctor chimed in who happens to be a member of the group. And she said, let me see if I can explain it properly, not being an eye doctor myself. There are many things that can affect your eyesight. And she, I think she compared it to height. You have a height. Your height isn't going to change once you're grown. The same thing with like whatever's your eyes, you've got your eyesight. But other things do cause a change in your vision unrelated to just here's your eyesight. And it can be um, pressure. 
or inflammation. And those are the things, those types of changes can definitely be, come from intermittent fasting. Yeah, I agree. I may have explained it terribly, but you've got your baseline eyesight and then other things that are affected by, you know, your overall health, I guess. So as the things, the health things that affect your eyesight, those do get better. But yeah, my eyesight has not gotten better. <laughs> I've got that age-related, farsighted, whatever, you know, going on. But that that's cool. Well, any other any other health benefits that you've seen besides your eyesight change? Well, I mentioned it earlier, but training in jujitsu, like injuries are just a part of it. You know, you're going to tweak a knee, you're going to tweak an ankle, you're going to, things are going to happen, right? And I honestly feel like a lot of what I've been able to go, the injuries and the healing and getting back to whole, I think was a big part of that was intermittent fasting because of the growth hormones, uh, because of how your body reacts to that fasting state. I've dealt with a rib injury, a shoulder injury, a knee injury, but all of them without any medicine, without going to the doctor, they all get back to whole. And, you know, at 50 years old, I don't know if that would be the case if I were still eating three meals a day and snacks in between because you're just not getting the same benefits that you get when you do intermittent fasting. Your body's focused on the healing and the repair during the fast instead of having to focus on digestion because digestion takes a lot of resources. And so if you're eating all the time and you're constantly in the fed state, your body has to focus on that. Whereas if you're fasting, your body's like, all right, what what can we clean up? What can, you know, an autophagy kicks up and it makes such a huge difference. I've found the same to be true. You know, we just moved and I was very physically active and at one point twisted my knee a little bit and just, you know, moving and bending and lifting in ways that I don't normally do in a repetitive way, but it got better so quickly. I haven't had any illnesses. I mean, yeah, I might get a little bug, but it's, it's over so quickly. And I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year, three times a year. I would get like some kind of little cold or something, and then it would turn into an ear infection. It would settle in my sinuses. And I always ended up with needing an antibiotic every time. But I have not been prescribed an antibiotic since, gosh, 2014. And that was before intermittent fasting. I've only been to the doctor for an illness one time, and that was 2015. And I thought I had an infection, but it turned out it was just the flu. But I was like, this can't be the flu. I don't feel sick enough. <laughs> but it was. It was It was the flu. So yeah, I think that you're still going to have an injury with fasting. You're still going to get an illness, but your body can recover so much faster that it feels like a miracle. Yeah, it really does. A couple things. I don't want time to get behind me forget to say some of these things. But from the beginning, it's kind of funny. And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast understand what I'm talking about. When you first start telling people that you're doing intermittent fasting, you get all kinds of reactions, okay? And in fact, for a while, I would intentionally say time-restricted eating because people didn't seem to attach as much of a negative stigma to that as they did intermittent fasting. When they hear fasting, they think, oh, he's starving himself or whatever. And so for a, a long time, like the people closest to me knew what I was doing and I would talk about it. And But, but when you mentioned it to somebody who didn't really know, you'd get that, ah, that's not healthy. That's not healthy. And, and of course, I was very quick to say, you're wrong and here's why. And, you know, people would say, oh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I say, nope, you're wrong. And here's. Thanks, Kellogg's. 
there's tons of research now. Yeah, thanks. The Kellogg's wants you to buy their cereal so you eat breakfast every morning. But, um, but anyway, as as time progressed, people started asking me, and like people that my wife works with would ask her, like, you know, what is Paul doing? You know, wow, he's lost so much weight and he looks so good. And what? And so it became less negative to tell people about it because now people weren't saying. Oh, intermittent fasting. Now they're saying, what are you doing? Here's an important part of it I want to come back to. You said when people were saying, he looks so good. That's the thing. That's how people know they want what you've got because you don't have that haggard look that people have when they're doing a traditional diet and like hanging on by the skin of their teeth and, you know, they look older and drawn and not healthy. That's what wins people over. They look at you and they're like, I want what you've got. Yeah. Now I'm at a point where I'll tell anybody about it. I'll tell everybody about it. So two things. My oldest daughter, Mackenzie, she just started a little over a week ago doing intermittent fasting. And she's so excited. Uh, She lost, I think she's lost eight pounds in the first week. That's amazing. Like I said, she she graduated from college and she's working on her master's degree now. And um, she had low blood platelets in college and took us a, a while to figure out what was going on there. And during that process, they put her on prednisone for a while, for six months, a high dose of prednisone. I bet she gained a lot of weight with that. She did. And, and uh, you know, just college years and everything else, she's gained some weight. And she's like, Dad, it's time for me to get serious and do something. And boy, she has jumped in with both feet. She's doing a 24 uh, clean fast and she feels better and it's just amazing. And so um, hopefully by the time this airs, she'll, she'll even be a month better, but she's doing it, loves it. My youngest daughter, the one I told you is in boot camp. She's, she's not doing intermittent fasting. She doesn't need to, but my point is right before she went her run time, they have to do PFT physical fitness test and it's pushups, pull-ups, crunches, and a one and a half mile run. Now that she's in, they have to do a three mile run. Anyway, the one thing she needed to improve before her before she went was her run time. So I was able to work with her and get out there three or four days a week and run that mile and a half with her and say, come on, come on, come on and pull her and, and help her get along. Again, a part of it was I had gotten myself really healthy through doing intermittent fasting. While she's there at boot camp, I'm sort of doing the PFT that she does there, and I'm writing her letters about it, you know, something to talk about. And when she gets back, we're going to have a little competition to see who can score the highest. But that's how it's affected both my daughters. My wife does not need to lose weight. She never has. She's, she gets a little frustrated because we always say, yeah, you don't understand because you don't even have to think about it. You know, she's always stayed pretty close to the same weight. But just to make it clear, it's not that she doesn't have to put any effort into it. She just doesn't have an addictive personality like we do. And so when she starts to feel her clothes getting a little snug, she just makes better eating decisions and she's right back on track. You see, my husband was always like that too. And just a lot of it is they just have a different level of metabolic health. But I know what you mean about the addictive personality because you're right. And that's why the eating window works so well for me because just like you said, on those Sundays, you would start to go back to the kitchen more and more and more. You're like, well, my window's open. I'm eating, I'm eating. And having that window be closed really does help emotionally. No, my window's closed. I'm not going to eat right now. 
even though she doesn't need to do intermittent fasting, you know, whatever, she is fully on board and she's been so supportive of me to the point that where people would say, oh, Paul's intermittent fasting, that's not healthy, is it? And she'll tell them, oh, yes, it is. And here's why, you know, she can spout the facts out and she, you know, she's she's got my back. My younger brother's doing intermittent fasting now, having success with it. My sales manager started doing this and lost like 30 pounds. Um, I got another coworker, David, who's doing it. And so now I post about it on social media. I actually posted my before and after pictures, which took a little courage for me to do because five years ago, I didn't want to take my shirt off in public at a swimming pool because I was embarrassed. It, it has literally changed my life. And I can foresee me doing intermittent fasting the rest of my life. I don't see why I would ever want to go back to having three meals a day. I just don't. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it just takes one day of having a really long eating window where I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me to remember why I don't want to do that. And it's not that I feel like, oh gosh, I cheated. It's like, oh, I feel so blah. <laughs> and so I don't want to feel like that again. I like feeling, you know, at the age of 50 that I could run circles around people, you know, 20 years younger than me and that I have the energy that I had. Yeah, I have actually better energy than I had in my 30s. And so I would never want to lose that. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Yeah, I love that you're you're spreading, you know, the word of intermittent fasting. You're telling people, and I like to say, share without fear, because so many of us are worried what people will say. Just like you mentioned here, the whole starving yourself. That's kind of a, that makes my my skin crawl when people say that because it's such a misunderstanding of what fasting is. And a typical comeback might be, well, you've obviously never watched me eat. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I'm starving myself. <laughs> right, because I eat like a king when I eat. But people tend to go there and, and they're like, oh, you're well, of course you lost weight. You're starving yourself. I'm like, well, no, actually not at all. <laughs> But but it does. That just it's cringeworthy when you hear that. But I will say that fewer and fewer people have that response these days. Now that intermittent fasting is so mainstream, are you finding now as you talk about it, even as compared to a year ago, that more people have heard of it? Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yep, I just found out yesterday. One of my customers 
has been doing it for a week. We were talking about it. She's like, oh, yeah, Marilyn, she's been doing it for, the, you know, it was another lady that worked there. And so more and more I'm hearing and seeing people who are doing it. Just, you know, you start talking to people and either they've tried it or they know someone who's tried it or they've read about it. So it's not like a foreign concept where people are like, what? What is that? The knowledge is getting out there. And what I love more than anything is how many people are actually hearing about it from their doctors these days. Right. That's exciting. Yeah, it really is. Because every time somebody says, I started intermittent fasting because my doctor suggested it. I'm like, we are really at a, at a turning point. Yes, because for so many years, the doctors were given the wrong advice. Eat less, work out more. Yeah, count your calories. Because that's how we all were trained and that's what we all thought it was. But then when the doctors really get it, when they finally start reading about insulin, you know, if they read the obesity code or they read these things written by doctors or are there studies, they start reading the, you know, the scientific literature then they're like, they understand. And they're like, oh my gosh, it is not just calories in, calories out. Like we've all been told. And they have that light bulb moment and then they become fasting evangelists as well. Right. And the more and more that that the health community embraces intermittent fasting, the more mainstream it's going to get. That's so true. So have you changed at all with what foods that you, you gravitate towards? I know that for me, my tastes in foods have changed a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I can still, if I'm not careful, I can still eat too much uh, really bad food during my window. But the truth is, like, I just don't crave those things as much. Like, when my window is, is getting ready to open, seriously, one of the things that I just can't wait to eat is a banana. I love bananas, right? And so, but when my window's open, I want... Now, this is for me. Okay, not everybody's the same, but I'm a carnivore. I love meat. So when my window opens, I want a substantial portion of meat, whether it's a steak or pork chops or bacon. I want meat and I eat vegetables, but I no longer want the starchy, bready, like I just don't want it. And I'm not saying I don't eat it. Like if we go to a Mexican restaurant, I'll eat some chips and salsa. If we go to a, a place where they have rolls, you know, I'll eat a roll, but it's not where before I would eat like four rolls or I would eat two baskets of chips. I don't, I don't want it so much anymore. I want the, the food that's going to give me nutrients. You know, I want the steak and the vegetables. I want the clean stuff. So yeah, my, my taste has changed and I'll still splurge and at the end of my window have a piece of cheesecake or I'll have that apple fritter, but it's not like before where I'm just eating garbage. Yeah. I love listening to people talk about the foods that make them feel the best because I am so the opposite. Like I eat so much less meat <laughs> now. I don't feel as drawn to the meat. It's, it's just fascinating to me how our bodies let us know. Last night we had mashed potatoes and I made my homemade rolls and we had this chicken and I had had a really big snack to open my window earlier. And so I, I wasn't as hungry. So I just ate literally probably three bites of my chicken and then passed it over to my husband. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> he finished that. But I ate all of my potatoes and I ate my rolls. But I was like, I, this, I just, I don't need this chicken. And, and it's just fascinating. You're listening to your body and your body's telling you to have the meat. And my body's like, yeah, I don't eat that right now. 
we really tune into what is right for us is my whole point with this. Yeah. And I think intermittent fasting makes you more aware of what is right for you. Exactly. And I have a friend who is a moderator in our group and she's really into the science and and figuring out what works best for our bodies. And she had her DNA and analysis done and um, it came back that high protein was better for her. And I bet yours would too. If you, if you had that done, that would be interesting, but she already knew it. I mean, she didn't learn anything, you know, surprising. She's like, yep. So she upped her protein and lowered her fat and still has the carbs that work well for her. And she's lost 10 more pounds effortlessly and feels better than she's ever felt. She needs more protein. Your body will tell you. I I love that. So we are getting to the end and you probably know I like to close by asking, you know, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting or what is it that you wish you knew when you first got started? Do it. Stop thinking about it and do it. It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. And that's the thing I think people they debate and they hear about it and they think about it, but they think I've tried every diet in the world. This is not a diet. It truly is a lifestyle. And I would suggest people read Delay, Don't Deny. I would suggest they listen to the podcast, uh, join the Facebook support groups. Uh, All that stuff is good, right? But none of it matters if you don't do it. So I truly believe, Jen, I truly believe this is the way God intended for adults to eat. I truly believe that. Now, a kid, obviously, you know, they're growing. They they need multiple meals a day. I understand that. But I believe God intended for an adult to do what they do and then sit down and enjoy a big meal and go to bed and sleep like a rock and get up and go work and do what they have to do again and eat another big meal. It just feels right. But my advice would be stop thinking about it. Do it it will change your life. I love that advice. And I also love that you emphasized it's not a diet. I always kind of cringe when I read intermittent fasting diet because intermittent fasting is a is when you eat. It's not what you eat. You have your diet of food, looking at the whole idea of what you eat as your quote diet. You're not on a diet. <laughs> you eat a diet, a balanced diet uh, that works for you. But intermittent fasting is not a diet. Absolutely not. So I think that's important to emphasize. Well, thank you so much, Paul. And I've really enjoyed talking to you today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm happy to do this and I'll keep listening to the podcast. And I I hope if one person gets encouragement from my story, then, then I'm glad I did this. Well, I am certain that they will. Thank you so much. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. 
Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. 